0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: So as we are halfway through the year, it is time to take our brains and take our loins and decide what have been the best matches from January to June or whatever the hell you want to call six months time. Now, as ever, this is going to be controversial because your favorite match probably isn't here, but that's why you drop it in the comments below. Also, hello, my name is Sam from What Culture, and that's right. Here are the 10 best wrestling matches of 2023 so far. Number 10, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley from WrestleMania Night One. Now, if you want to come and tell me this is one of the best WWE women's matches ever, I'm not going to argue with you. And it was so good that if we had put this in the main event spot, it would have been perfectly fine. These two absolutely killed it. And they also kind of feel like they had a bee in their bonnet because they didn't have the closing spot. But who even cares, man? Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley went in there and kind of said to themselves, well, we know what wrestling is. But let's just put that to one side and they kicked the crap out of each other I mean it's so damn aggressive you start to wonder if they actually hate each other and not only did it remind you that Charlotte Flair is an incredible wrestler but it also just drew a line under the fact that 2023 is going to be Rhea Ripley's year she could spend the next six months just stood there and not moving and I'd still give her some kind of an award The Nightmare also got the victory which was so damn important because it made her a women's champion which she did need and I will applaud this until the end of the and if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? It is fabo. Number nine, the Elite vs Death Triangle on the 11th of January, AEW Dynamite. The last in the best of seven series and a ladder match to boot. I'm mainly putting this in here because it was the finals, but you absolutely should go and watch every single one. I'm also not sure how much you can get away with doing a best of seven in modern times because the audience is always like, man, I want something new. But even though it was match number seven, the elite and death triangle kept coming up with new things to do. And given that there was a ladder in there as well, got absolutely ridiculous. It also helped that the winner would go on to become the trio's champions, but what didn't we have here? Because people were going through tables, we had Frankensteins on ladders, Pack was still obsessed with his hammer, one wing angels from silly places, I mean, it was absolute roller coaster. I just thought it was super fun and when Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks finally got the victory and they held those championships aloft, I stood up too and I just clapped. I'm doing a lot of clapping on this video, which is kind of patronizing, but I don't mean it that way, Just makes me feel so damn good. I enjoyed this so much, I would have taken 101 matches between the two. (laughs) Which is not true. I'd probably be quite bored by 50. Number 8, Gunther vs Drew McIntyre vs Sheamus from WrestleMania 39 Night 2. I mean, talk about big men slapping man meat right here. And we are going to say the same kind of thing a lot through this video, but I can't help modern wrestling. But once again, Gunther, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre thumped each other so hard during this match. I was like, man, they must owe each other money. Which is kind of dumb, because surely that means it balances out. It also had the added bonus that the Intercontinental Championship was on the line, but also you weren't 100% sure who was going to win. Like if Gunther retained, awesome. If Drew McIntyre won it, awesome. And if Sheamus was victorious, ah, finally he completed the puzzle, he's Professor Layton. What did happen though is that it underlined the tear the ring General was on, because when he powerbombed Drew McIntyre and got the 1-2-3, I even said to myself, man, WWE must have big plans for him. And it was totally true. So it's one of those matches that everybody should see because it's an absolute banger. And while it's just an opinion, the Wrestling Observer did give it five stars. It totally deserves it. Number seven, Shingo Takagi versus Aaron Hanare at NJPW Road to secure a Genesis. Well, this was just stupid, wasn't it? It was also an ultimate triad match, which is where to win the damn thing, you have to pin your opponent, submit your opponent and knock them out. So these two, here it comes again. Took the idea of wrestling, put it to one side, and I swear they just punched each other for real. But also for the KOPW title, and while it did go a long ass time, it never felt like it. And they started playing wrestling tennis. Cause as soon as Hanari got the first full via submission, Togaki went and did the same. It was like, haha, I can see what you're doing here. Because we then did the same with the pins, and after we got into this horrendous headbutt battle, where I was like, what are you doing? Shingo hit the pumping bomber. Both guys were down at the very last second or at the count of nine. He got to his feet and he did win, but nobody lost here. No way, (laughs) because everything they did between this was so damn silly. I don't know how New Japan does these matches sometimes. It was just go, 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 go. The intensity of every single thing too will just absolutely blow your mind. And this Shingo Tagaki, I thought he had a good 2022, but everything he's done in 23 has already surpassed it. And again, what's the point of this video? We're only six months in. So the ceiling is absolutely massive for that guy. And it's the same with Hanari, who was like, man, you don't know who I am. I'll show you. I know a lot of people only go and watch the main event stuff from New Japan. You should make an exception for this. Number six, Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns at the WWE Elimination Chamber. So sometimes a crowd reaction wins. And I know, I know, there's still an argument that maybe Sami Zayn should have been coronated here and been the one to beat Roman Reigns. But I can put all that to one side because the audience was going nuts. And the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, maybe Sami is going to win. Can't buy that kind of emotion. I mean, Sammy was just greeted as a hero here to the point I had water in my seeing devices. And also, don't forget what it did to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view premium live event. This is very much considered a B-show, but given everything we did here... It's probably the best one that WWE's ever put on. They also didn't do anything for ages because they didn't have to. And if you want to say this was the peak of Sami Zayn's career, I would totally agree with you. And it just made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. And sure, it ended with the usual bloodline screw drop, But look at all the good that we did do after this. And it properly turned Zayn into a top guy. He's still at the top of the card, so I can't get mad at it. Also, I just decided to watch it again the other day because I am a nerd. I think that sums it
0: Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
1: Number five, Adam Page versus John Moxley at AEW Revolution. This is a controversial one, intentionally so, but let's not pretend that AEW didn't leave us with our jaws on our floor. Because what I really do appreciate when it comes to Tony Khan is that if he names a certain match something, he will live up to it. So this was called a Texas death match, And there was a lot of death. I mean, it was terrifying. And I do get that it's not for everybody, but if you are going to get two wrestlers and tell them you have to go out there and convince the audience that you hate each other for real, well, here's evidence 1A. I mean, Moxley used a brick at one point and got that fork and started stabbing Hangman right in the head, which made me feel all wibbly-wobbly. And by the time the barbed wire was out getting stuck in people's skin, I mean, this was what I was doing. Like a snake. Even with all this insanity though, it was the finish that truly shone. Because I think that John Moxley understood we have to elevate Paige here. So he took a chain and he hung John Moxley over the top rope. Now you never see Mox submit. That's not his thing. But given his choice was, well, I better tap out or die, he did take his hand. He did do that. And all of a sudden you looked at The Hangman like, wow, you've got a real edge to you, not Adam Copeland. I mean, it just went to show that Adam also has an inner psychopath that he can now bring out whenever the hell he wants. And also, I tell you, if wrestling is meant to drag you in and watch it like it's some kind of horror movie, well, nothing else has done it as well as this in 2023. Although seriously, it ain't for the faint of heart you've had a warning. And before Kenny Omega vs Vikingo on the March 22nd AEW Dynamite. I mean, what are we even meant to say about this? I can only imagine when it did air, not a lot of people were familiar with Vikingo's work. So Kenny Omega was like, listen, I think you're really good. This is all about you, son. And they just went nuts. So I do understand that once again, this kind of style isn't for everybody. But if you do like flipping and flopping and flying, the Kingo just walked into a e w and he did things that no human should be able to do. I mean, he took gravity and he just flushed it down the toilet. And by the time he did that rotating spring pong senton thing on Kenny through a table where he also whacked his own head on the ring apron. I was like, that was it, I'm done. It didn't even matter that he did lose after Ken hit him with the one-winged angel because he had made his point. And look, wrestling should always be about multiple styles. And I have never seen anything like this in my life to the point when we kind of did it again, I was used to it. So, you know what you say, you never forget your first time. I ain't ever gonna forget this. Number three, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos for the unified tag team titles at WWE WrestleMania 3991. So maybe this one is just more personal to me, but I absolutely love stories and I love angles, and this may be the peak of everything that WWE has done all year. It just made me so happy that Kevin Owens could now go, <laughs> I main evented two WrestleManias back to back, and given what we said about Sami Zayn earlier, who else deserved this spot? Well, i tell you who, Jimmy and Jay Uso, they'd also been on a tear. So this was just like taking all of my favorites and putting them in the big package. I mean, the absolute work of art of the whole thing is that you knew KO and Sammy were going to win, but it didn't even matter. It's like when you sit down with a romantic comedy. You don't want the girl all of a sudden to rip off the dude's head and, I don't know, do something terrible down there. I don't know what I'm talking about. You just want to see them kiss and finally get together at the end. And that's exactly what this was. It also set the fans home happy, which is what we were not going to do on night two. But also, look at everything it's set up, which we're still experiencing now. So this was integral to a massive story that may, when all is said and done, gone on for years. I'm giving it a round of applause. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and the Usos. Flipping fantastic. Number two, Brian Danielson versus MGF at AEW Revolution. I mean, this could be the best Iron Match ever. We all remember the Rock versus Triple H from Judgment Day, and you had that amazing one between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle from SmackDown in 2003. But I think if I went back and watched all of them, MGF and Brian Danielson would take it. Now, a huge reason for this is because there were a bunch of naysayers going, oh, MGF is not going to be able to do this, and he totally proved them wrong. Whereas Brian Danielson, for like the 39th time this year, went, I may be the best wrestler ever. I actually think he is. How they made this so damn interesting for an hour too is wonderful because you have the storytelling, you have the cheating by Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and by the time you do get into sudden death overtime, it's like, are we going to pull a fast one here? Or how are we going to get out of it? And AEW just had an answer for everything. I also love the fact we did the whole, oh my gosh, the hill is going to use a weapon in order to get two falls and hurt his opponent even more. And do not forget, This had such good word of mouth that it helped increase the pay-per-view buy rate because everybody was going crazy about it. So some dudes were like, man, I've got to go and see it. Also, don't forget that Brian used this to go away, come back, realign himself with the BCC and just be a mega heel. I mean, there is so much to it. And as I've said a few times, if you haven't seen this match, What the flub are you doing? Number one, Will Ospreay vs Kenny Omega from New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 17. I mean, where do we even start with this? It has been six months since Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega met in a wrestling ring on that night they decided to go totally bonkers. I mean it got so violent I'm amazed that both of them walked away from this and the sheer intensity of it was like nothing else. I mean seeing Kenny lose his mind and taking Will's face and smash it onto the turnbuckles and smash it onto Barry Barricade and smash it onto tables was disgusting. And when the Englishman started to fight back, it was just like a roaring success. You were like, do it Osprey, you must do it. Otherwise, I think this guy is going to kill you. I mean, it was just so aggressive. Plus, we had the story where Kenny Omega kind of felt disrespected by Will Ospreay. And maybe, just maybe, he had realized, oh man, this guy is better than me, which is why I have to turn to the dark side and once again, do an attempted murder. Osprey's selling is also top draw here, and I actually felt for him. And my word, do these two have good chemistry. The rumor mill has also hinted that they held some stuff back too. So when they do meet at AEW Forbidden Tour, I'm actually a little bit worried. But even if it's half the match that this one was, it will still be better than half of the other stuff we will see. It is a bona fide five-star classic. Once again, make sure you find time in your life to watch it. And you will be utterly amazed. The best match so far... This year for sure. Now, as already mentioned, there will be some matches we've missed, so make sure you let us know in the comments below. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com where we'll keep you up to date with the latest wrestling news. And come say hello at whatculturewwe and, what and Simon316 on Twitter and social media. Instagram. My name is Simon for Whatculture. Thank you for watching me as always. And just remember, I love wrestling, so all matches win. See you soon.